Welcome to episode 69 of the Final Corner Podcast. We've made it to the magic number. Um, this week's show we're talking about... Don't shoot your head at me, Tom. Uh, this week's show we're talking about BTCC from Snetterton. Uh, unfortunately, no Grand Prix this weekend as MOL was cancelled due to extreme flooding in the region. So, best wishes to everyone there. Don't know yet if that'll be rescheduled. It doesn't look like it will be at the moment. So, we'll be back next week with Monaco for F1. But we had a big weekend of touring cards, rounds 7, 8 and 9, I think they were, from Snerton. Mm-hmm. So, Tom and Nick, welcome back. Did you oh. miss F1, enjoy the touring cards? How was your weekends? Oh, yeah. I didn't really miss the F1. Me neither. But I'm looking forward to Monaco. I just, it was like, oh, really, right, I can do something else on my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's yeah. just uh, the whole thing going back to the rant of too many races a year. Yeah, I just don't like it when they clash. You know, I like to have an F1 weekend and a touring car weekend. Because it's a big commitment to watch all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it certainly makes a podcast easier when you'll have one. So, Snetterton, Nick, Tom, you guys have flicked through qualifying, so you can start by talking about the qualifying. A couple of red flags going on, wasn't it? Yeah, pandemonium. It was uh, arguably the most exciting, or let's say action-packed session of the weekend in comparison to the races. And it was two red flags in total, was it? It was, yeah. first one was quite interesting watching everyone. Well, I say everyone. I think it was about six cars just all disappearing off at one corner. It appears that Nick Halstead's uh, engine launched itself. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, in the interview, he said he went off first and didn't realise it was the engine uh, failing, yeah. but dumped a lot of fluid around Coram, didn't it? Well, that was a brand new engine as well, because his other one was knackered for something or other. Um, so I wasn't sure if there was something wrong with that engine that he's put in or if it was just not installed properly. Probably the latter, I think, isn't it? Mm. Just rushed, rushed. Maybe something was rushed. But, but that's yeah. what he seemed to insinuate, but we don't know the facts. Or well, we do know he didn't make the races. So I think who went flying off? They all, Some people hit the barrier, didn't they? Which is um, Patterson surprising. and Turkington. They both hit the barrier. You don't normally reach it because it's quite far yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, no, Dan Lloyd did a... Amazing drift to avoid the barrier. Quite fun. But yeah, the rest of them, I was Morgan and a couple of others. Uh, but most people got away with it. It was really only Patterson that got any major damage from it. Turkington's was all just cosmetic. He uh, slapped the wall face on, though, and I thought, oh, that could be the end of his qualifying session. But fortunately, it wasn't. Mm. But yeah, it could have been. It, oh, I just had awful flashbacks to different scenarios, but. Croft a few years ago where there was some awful injuries and a big pile up. That was fluid on the track as well, but it was also raining and it wasn't here. So mm-hmm. it took a, was it three or four cars were off, the red flags flew. Yes. No harm, no foul, really. Long line of cement dust laid down there, which did affect the, uh, the times yeah. for a little while. And also, there was quite a long pause, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, Tom Ingram said afterwards that there was still fluid on the track when they were doing the last runs. It wasn't fully cleared mm-hmm. up, so they all had to be careful going through there. But it was Ash Sutton who took mm. pole, starting to show the dominance of that Ford Focus. Ingram from Turkington, Jake Hill, Gold Star, Ricky Collard, currently Nick, did well in fifth. Yeah, just think he did very well, especially after the disappointment of the last mm. meeting. Might have fired him up. Mm. And uh, Rory Butcher still in the Adventus, as we see. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep mm-hmm. highlighting that and see how long it stays. Dear, oh dear. I, I, I'm convinced that we are wrong. <laughs> They're, they, mu- they must know something <laughs> different from us. So, we... No, the PTCC website, I, I love it. 
I just think Rory Butcher does not drive a Toyota Avensis. Sorry. <laughs> Dan Camish, he binned it off in qualifying as well. So he didn't set a time and was at the back. And Jed Edwards. That was the second red flag. Yep. and Strange one as well. And Jed Edwards was disqualified. So there was three drivers, no time, and a disqualification at the back. Aidan Moffat is one I noticed uh, when I was looking at this over the weekend. Awful. Civic, two Civic yes. type R's at the back. They must have had problems at some point. Well, Will Powell went off, didn't he, in qualifying? Yeah, for in no the most bizarre incident <laughs> I've seen in a while. Where he's coming out the pit lane and he, he, he immediately locks up and goes straight off into the gravel. But he's like doing walking pace. I don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. It might have been a technical issue. but Well, he carried on and set times afterwards. But yeah, it was just mm. very weird. So, turn one gravel trap. But you're right. Moffat's struggling there. 2.4 seconds off pole. Where's his teammate? Uh, up in the top seven. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So here we... It doesn't seem like a pace problem, does it? There seems like a... An issue with setup or didn't get well. I've, I've been on his Twitter just as we we're speaking. He had one clean lap on new tires and he lost it because of slightly running wide. Ah, there we go. go. Ah, Mr. Dissolve. If only I'd done that search like five minutes ago. <laughs> when we're, when we're <laughs> we, we got it now, so it's got fine. It. So, yeah, that was qualifying. Um, I guess probably brings us up neatly onto the track limits debate. That was kicking off since the last round, essentially, when Ricky Collard lost his win. Previous, there was an interview with Alan Gow and the clerk of the course, where they were talking over the rules, just talked about how they enforce it. Alan Gow was asked, is he worried that it's affecting the spectacle? And he said, no, I'm not bothered. The rules are the rules, which I understand. Everyone knows them. And then you had drivers commenting on them as well, where the gist of what everyone said was, the rules are harsh, we all know what they are, we all take advantage, we just don't think they're being applied consistently or fairly. And at this weekend's mm. race, we had judge effects at three corners, so there was only three corners being monitored for track limits in this race weekend. And as we know, it's any part of the tyre over the white line or curb is classed as out mm-hmm. of bounds now, so you can be half an inch over and your class is out of bounds, and it's judged, I believe, by eye, by people basically sat with a view of those corners. Yes. And they have to radio back to the clerk of the course to register each transgression. Two transgressions, you get a warning. Four, you get a penalty. That's the way they're working it. Now, what's your guys' thoughts on only applying it at three corners? Because obviously, they don't have the resource to do it, everyone. Yeah. Do you think it's better to apply them at certain corners, or just don't? Essentially, it's just it's really hard to judge on it, isn't it? It's um, I know they do it on certain corners because they're the ones where people will gain an advantage allegedly, but yeah, it just seems to do it for all or nothing for me. Mm, yeah, don't disagree with that. And also, I think one of our main challenges was the communication mm-hmm. uh, to the driver and to the viewer and the fan, and I don't think that's been improved. But the, through this weekend, it wasn't really an issue. I think <laughs> In the races, some warnings came up. Oh, what? No, was it not? I uh, I did a little count of race one because after I first watched it, I thought, this is ridiculous. Ah. Everyone's taking the mic here. Mm. So just on TV in race one, 
I counted 56 occasions where people went off track. <laughs> and ah! it's like, I counted it with part of the wheel over the curb or over the white line. Do you know who I had the most that I counted during the race? Um, Susan. No, I only counted two where Sutton was over the line. Ah. Well. Again, this is just what I've seen on TV. Colin Turkington had 12. No way. 12, he, I counted, where he was over the curb or over the white line. And I'm taking. The now, when I said curb. there's no issue this weekend, I just want to clarify that I meant it didn't crop up yeah. in terms of penalties. No. So. But what you're saying was it's just not being enforced properly or. No. They should change it. Well, sometimes. I, on my count, just watching on TV, I had five people had more than four transgressions on the broadcast. Jake Hill, mm-hmm. Tom Ingram, Colin Turkington, Dan Camish, and Ronan Pearson. I counted 12 times Turkington was off, seven times Ingram was off, and then you've got Hill with four, Pearson with four, Camish with six. And Camish did get a warning, as did, I think, mm-hmm. he, Dan Camish. There was another Dan, because they made they made a joke yeah, about it. Um, Lloyd. Dan Lloyd got a warning, but I only I never saw him actually go off. And then Dan Robotman got one. Camish, Lloyd, Watson, Edwards, and Ingram all got track limit warnings. Oh wow! So, but no penalties. Yeah. No. And here's the thing: when you're counting those, Colin, is that? On the corners where there are judges. I have facts. no idea. Oh, I have everywhere. No idea. everywhere. Every- they, yeah. they didn't tell us what those corners were. Well, that's just pointless. It's hopeless, isn't it? The, the, You've got to let fans know, otherwise we end up with conversations like this where it's confusing and frustrating. They may have been. They may have mentioned it at some point in the broadcast, but I never picked up where where they were. Mm. Yeah, but it's not. It's not clear. Yeah, you know, it needs to be repeated. But if I can see on TV that you gave the guy a week before a penalty for four transgressions, which be fair to them, they showed on TV at before. Mm-hmm. They did show it. But I've just counted Colin Turkington with 12. <laughs> it just makes a mockery of what the system is. So you either need to agree with the drivers, you need to apply consistently, or, or you don't, essentially. Yeah. And so ditch it. I, I find it's a terrible rule anyway, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So Especially those tracks that ha- <clears throat> excuse me, have sensors down and they're no longer allowed to use them because they're in the wrong place. Ugh, what a waste of investment. Yeah, time. It's a bad rule. They should change it. And obviously, it's MSUK. That's really what we're pitching it at. But we're we're also saying the implementation by the PTC is not ideal. Fair. Oh yeah. I just I don't understand how you can properly police it. Well, I don't think you can. I think that's the because yeah, that's the the main the point when there's a gaggle of cars. How's the judge of facts supposed to be seen live? Who goes off in a corner or not when there's a eight cards in a row. You can't. You can judge the guy at the front. You can't judge anyone else. We need something mm. we need to change there. Now, on a race one, Tom Ingram gets an awful start and he drops back down the field. He gets bumped off the track twice. So I'll give him two two freebies where he was in a fight for going off track. Uh, Tom Chilton retires as well. And the full first laps is Ingram getting battered, essentially. But Dan Camish is making moves at the back. You suddenly see after lap one, he's already up to about 20 or something. And then by lap two, he's already mm-hmm. in the points. So he's he's had a mega start and well, it's clearly the fastest car on the grid, but still a hell of a start on him. 
he wasn't even on the um, soft tires either, was he? No, no. For that race, I believe he was on the hards. Yep. Yeah, so this is the first weekend we've had all three tires in use as well. So there was a bit of strategy throughout the weekend, which, to be honest, I wasn't really paying much attention to watching it. Um, but that was another thing thrown in the mix. So Ingram manages to start fighting back through. He gets a nice move on Adam Morgan at Agostini. Yeah, that was lovely. Um, well, the move was more down at the corner before, I think, where he managed to get underneath him with a really nice tight line. And then uh, just held the inside for Agostini. So it was a lovely little move. He then gets past Rob Cord. Rob Cord? He then gets past Ricky Cord <laughs> in the turn one. I thought Ricky was pretty tame in a lot of his defences this weekend I don't know if that's a fair comment mm. or not but he didn't really fight people too much, I think he was maybe just looking at banking points after what happened last time Maybe, yeah. oh, th- this was Ingram right so I, th- I can't help but think that that move was a bit of hybrid boost at an alternative time mm. you don't normally dive bomb someone into turn one unless you've got a bit of an overspeed I think yeah, and a lot of the guys yeah. at the front were trying to save their boost to the end, so like Sutton, people mm. like that hadn't used any until the last few laps. They were they weren't, they weren't interested, they were trying to save it. Jelly then passes Josh Cook into Brundle, which I thought was quite a nice move. It looked at one point mm. that Cook was just going to run straight into the side of him, put them both off. And then Ricky Collard's out with a warp bump issue. Surprised that wasn't a safety car. Yeah, parked at the end of the straight going into Brundle, wasn't it? Which I thought mm. was a bit strange myself. There was yeah. a yellow flag there, but there was nothing else. And then, obviously, there was pictures of him in a deck chair watching the rest of the race. A la <laughs> Fernando Alonso. Yes. So, Camish is up to 10 for Sam Osborne. I thought kind of let him go at the hairpin. I think so. And then, I see the two BMWs. Just fighting Hill and Turkington, which is a common theme this weekend. Turkington just didn't quite have the pace, really. I think Hill's slightly quicker than him, but it's marginal. Especially in that first race, but definitely, yeah. Mm. We've got Sutton, Hill, Turkington, they were Ingram behind. Tom says all on the same tyres. So then Hill manages to get past Turkington and then immediately starts closing in on the leader pretty quickly, which you wonder if you had an extra couple of laps or a few laps earlier, he would have got it. But the the move on Turkington, I know they're different, slightly different stables, but they're both from the same car. And they're, Turkington puts them on the grass going down the, the back straight, which is which is a surprise, because Colin's not normally that defensive, not normally that aggressive, and considering it's a failed BMW, you wouldn't really expect that. To me, that was more a case of he didn't know he was there. Because I don't, what, what you said, I don't think he would deliberately push him onto the grass in that situation because it doesn't really benefit him at all. I just think he didn't know he was alongside him. Could have been a surprise. Yeah, it could have been a hybrid push when oh, Turkinson yes. wasn't or something like this. Yeah. I thought it was a lovely, it was a brave move, let's mm. say. And then. As I go through Brundle and into Nelson, Hill's a bit squirrely. And I yeah. think, in my opinion, was if it was anyone other than Turkington, that would have been a crash. <laughs> but but Collins wise enough to then ultimately seed and give space. Yeah. And I think he lost momentum, and I thought, oh, he's going to be overtaken by, uh, mm-hmm. was it Ingram? 
Yes, but it didn't work out. Yeah. So, fair play for Turkington actually in the end for sort of not making it too difficult mm-hmm. through Nelson. It could have made it, it could have squeezed him a yeah. bit. But for Hill to go flat out on the grass in a rear-wheel drive car, yes, it's gutsy, but it's a big risk this early in the championship when, yeah, it's a fellow BMW. I'm with you there because they've got different sponsors, but it's kind of the same team behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. A bit weird. I didn't actually count that as a trial violation for Hill. <laughs> really, I probably should have. <laughs> so, can add the next one off for Hill on this one. So, he starts closing in on Ash Sutton. Ash Sutton's on the mediums. Uh, he's on the softs. Um, then Dan Camish's progress. He's on the hard tyres, but his progress finishes when he has no hybrid left. And he gets, uh, gets passed by Aaron Taylor Smith. Hill... Uses uh uses hybrid and his better tires to catch way up on the back of him. He's within a second in the last lap. Um, he has a lock up in the middle of the lap on the final lap, which probably help, helps Sutton a little bit. But he's near enough nose to tail as they come across the line, but he's never quite in distance to put a lunge on Ash. Which um probably probably just saving his boost till the end as Ash did is what saved him there. Mm-hmm. I think Ashley's coaxing it home, to be honest. But then yeah. it got, it did get too close where you think, oh, okay, maybe yeah, Hill's clearly quicker at this stage. But it seems like to me as well, I thought the soft tyres just generally would wear out quicker than they do, but they don't, they don't seem to at all, really. No, apparently it's um, more to do with how you bring them in. If you over-abuse them right. in the first few laps, they die very quickly. If you're relatively kind to them, they will last nicely, which Sutton was aware of, and that's what won him the race, because he disappeared at the start when the BMWs <laughs> were being cautious. Yeah, he was two seconds ahead after the lap. Certain mm. yeah. and that Ford combo seems to be able to smash the field to a three-second lead after yeah. two or three laps and then still have tyres left at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, did you see him during qualifying as well when he was going round Corum? The front wheel off. He had that on a knife edge, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he just seems to be on the limit with that car. After qualifying, he said it was the best touring car he's ever driven. Mm. <laughs> Which he then well, qualified to say the best front-wheel drive touring car yeah. ever driven later, uh, and then he said maybe the best touring car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ash wins. He's winning. Yeah, so. Ash wins from Hell and Turkington. Tom Ingram took the fastest lap of the race. Uh, other notable Ronan Pearson got himself some points which I thought was good, he had a decent qualifying uh, Dan Camish managed to make it up to 11th in his recovery weekend Ricky Collard obviously didn't finish the race and Jade Edwards only managed to get ahead of Nick Halstead at the back of the grid so Nick, do you want to finish us off? Our boy Mr Doble managed to get 17th this time mm. But he seemed very competitive this weekend. Um, he was scrapping with his teammate for quite a majority of the race. On the race two then, after all that drama, we've got a pretty calm race at this one. Josh Cook's having issues in the grid. I think it was with his throttle, I believe. And it meant them characters were on the grid too late, which then gave him a drive through penalty. After the start, though, he picked up a puncture, which completely ruined his race regardless, so he was in the pits twice in the first two laps, 
Yeah. So it was not his day. No. He's only got the pace, really, to be in the reverse grid draw positions. So he has to build the weekend around that. And when stuff like this happens in race two, then game over. Mm-hmm. Engram. My, well, actually, having said that, sorry. Did, he did fight back well in race three, but it could have been. Can you imagine how even better it could have been in that third race? Oh, yeah. So Engram starts hard to this one. Um, Sutton's away again and wins. <laughs> I mean, it just disappears. Done. Bye. Yeah. I, Fair play. Amazing. I have nothing else to say about Ash Sutton for this race because I don't think we see him. He's just gone. Um, Herman Dobo, or Dobley, I think it's Dobo, is fighting with Dubo. Watson at the start of the race, and then uh, Tom Chilton manages to get past him. Ricky Collard puts a nice move on Andrew Watson, and then we go into lap two, where Ricky Collard's starting to go back through, and he gets up to 16th as well. Dan Robottom gets through at Wilson, and then Adam Morgan manages to smash his front end, trying to do the undercut, <laughs> which he was nowhere near getting. So there's a bunch of broken glass on, or broken, broken front light on the track uh, at that corner. There's... To be fair, a little bit. It is, it is a last-minute dive from Robottom. Oh, yeah. And he does look like he's running wide, but then it... That, oh, that Ford, it's got a hell of a front end on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Kamish's progress is a little bit sore in this race. Yeah, it takes a lot of while to get past Arm Taylor Smith. And then you've noted that your man's been you're just you're just watching the the, the, the timing chart of the full race, aren't you? Oh yeah. I tend to, to watch to that. To see what he's doing. But he's fighting with uh, Watson apparently, which we don't see. To the point where Watson loses a quarter of his car, maybe? <laughs> we see some debris on the track. I'm assuming that's where it came from. It I think Watson's running around without the front wing and the front light, even, maybe? Definitely the front wing. Yeah, I saw the debris, but I didn't see where it came from. Well, well, we didn't actually see how or why, but definitely Watson's lost one. So I'm putting two, 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 two and two together. Hmm. Ingram starts all his places. He drops off behind uh, Stephen Jelly. Rob Collard goes around Ronan Pearson at the Williams hairpin. And that's the corner onto the Bentley straight. Oh, Williams corner. Most of the race is just watching Aaron Taylor Smith defend, which I think you tweeted about at the time, Tom. I did. I only got one like from Tim Coronel, bit random. <laughs> um, so, but his account is basically a bot, I think. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. First of all, uh, it's been too long since Aaron Taylor Smith's done anything of note in the British Touring Car Championship. And I think in the pre-season podcast, I mistakenly said, has he moved to the Power Max team when the Hard Coopers could be on the ascendancy? I still think the Hard Coopers are, but this shows that there's still life left in the Astro. Uh, but he did drive the, what do we call the, the Tom Baldwin, Aidan Moffat uh, maneuvers, strategy of defense, which is follow the inside painted white line. Mm-hmm. So no danger of him going over the other side of track limits, because <laughs> he's so far over to the, to the opposite of the racing line. He did do it very well, though. Yeah, it it was within limits, wasn't it? So I think as well, you've got to fight like crazy for P12 because you could get the reverse grid draw. Yes. So also fully, it wasn't completely futile, was it? Um, uh, no, but the fact that he managed to hold Kamish for so long is what impressed me. Because yep. that car is obviously so much quicker. Mm. 
when Kamish got past him, he just disappeared. It was quite enjoyable watching the Hyundai trip over each other trying to get past. Yes. Pearson and, and Chilton had actually made good progress together almost to that point, like they did earlier in the year at one of the rounds. Um, maybe Brands, but yeah, then they got to Aaron Taylor Smith and they just couldn't get back past for like half half mm. the race, maybe more. So that was the main uh, interest in this race, I think. Everything else was yeah, pretty drab. There's certainly nothing going on at the front. Yeah, just, just a bit drab, but sometimes you get that. Yeah, and I think it worked out nicely for Sutton just with the tyre strategy being on the softs at that point. Mm. Uh, the weekend really helped him out. Yeah, we didn't get much, considering there was hybrid in the mix and mixed-up tyres. Race 2 was a bit of a... Yeah. Can't win them all. Well, Ingram was the only car on hards in that entire race, and I think because they were like two seconds slower than the softs, mm. they reckoned roughly. Obviously, it varies from car to car. Did well to get seventh then. Yeah, he did very well. And an alternate strategy to the B&Ws. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> strategy? Did they have one? <laughs> yes, they had one. And yeah, they used that's it true. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you've got four BMWs in the top six, which will come back to, uh, to haunt them, I think. Dan Rowbottom was in fourth in this one. Nick, finish us off. Ah, yes. Mr. Doble dropped down a little bit from the last race, but he finished in 19th. Uh, once again, scrapping with Andrew Watson all throughout the race, but this time Andrew Watson got the uh, the better of him and finished a place ahead. Still finished ahead of Bobby Thompson, though, who just didn't seem to do anything this weekend. No, off form. Don't know what the issue was there. We'll have to find out. Uh, I, I, based on his comments at Brands, the team reckons that they've got a straight-line disadvantage. Uh and this is a big, long straight, so maybe I'm purely speculating there. But I think you'll find that's trademarked, Jason Plato. He can't use that excuse. <laughs> oh, sorry. Has anyone been checking Jason's Twitter account? No. no. For, for, for a sweepstake. I've not heard from him in months. He's still going. I don't know if he's between. Bit, bit weird, bit of a shame that he's not found any racing gigs this year. Has he not got anything booked in yet? No. Not that I'm aware of. Maybe some good stuff, but... He ran out of petrol on A34 five days ago, so. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he should have been using an electric car, shouldn't he? Hey. <laughs> I mean, he just presented an electric car show, yeah. which is the irony. <laughs> so, race three, a bit more interesting. Um, it's Dan Robot on pole, I believe. After the pull out number four. No, no six. Number six wasn't Stephen Jelly on pole. That's it. Yes, I am good at this job. So yes, Steam Gel is on pole for this one. George Gamble pulls over on the formation lap, so we'll lose a lap as well. Uh, Jade Edwards doesn't make the start. So we'll only have 11 laps in the final race of the day. A decent start for the BMWs at the front. Again, uh, Dan Robottom though does get up to... Uh, it gets past Morgan for second on lap one and then gets to first on lap two. Sutton and Turkington are fighting at the start. BMW's a wee bit squirming the brakes because Colin runs at the wide and loses a few places. Uncharacteristically so. Yeah, and then in this one, uh, the early interest is in the two of us, Butchers. That's quite a good start. He starts mm. coming through. It gets past Hill pretty quickly. Um, there was a double overtake that one, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and then, something went the other side. Yeah. And then we've got Dan Lloyd and Aaron Taylor Smith uh, have a fight which puts Lloyd out wide. <laughs> Track limit for him. <laughs> we get a replay of him running wide as well because it's apparently very impressive. Yeah, it was it was the um, power sliding again on the grass, but not as impressive Twice as the last weekend. one. Yeah, you're you're in the wrong series, Dan. <laughs> did you see what David Addison called him though? They did make me laugh. Oh, I I can't remember. I did hear it. Captain Car Control. Captain Car Control. <laughs> it did say it did say as well that the trim trailing Toyota, which is one of his favourites. Yes. One point. You're talking about commentary lines here. I was. Peeing myself laughing watching the Borussia Dortmund game on a Saturday night, Sunday night, whenever it was, because the commentator Derek Ray, who does the FIFA games, did a word for word line that's in the games. So it's, it's, <laughs> oh, also, wow. it's also one that's actual in his repertoire that he's recorded mm. for the game, and he broke it out <laughs> into like the 85th minute, and I was like, oh my god, he's going to tweet about this. Because he used to comment on Falkirk games back when we were good. Um, <laughs> So yeah, back to the race. Uh, Robottom's obviously up to first now. Um, Jelly starts to go a bit backwards. Butchery manages to get past him at Corum, which was a, I thought was a brave move. Yeah. Quite easy for the guy on the inside to drift a little bit wide or just open his steering slightly and make your life hell. But also, offline, it's a little bit dirty, I reckon. So, oh, yeah. well held. Not as dirty as Richie's, which is so dirty that you can actually see the dust flying up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, that was a lovely move, yeah. That's where Camage got Jake Hill there to get uh, back up the field. Camage is on a charge for the, the second time this weekend. Mm. But so, in race two, he didn't really do, do much, did he? So, no, I don't know what the reason was, was there. But, mm. but race three, he's back on it. Sutton then gets past Aaron Morgan as the BMWs start to go backwards. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Ingram takes the lead from Robot, which I thought was quite a nice move. It was uh, it was well set up, and mm. I don't think Dan really fought it too much. But it uh, like he got a little wobble halfway through the corner, which meant he couldn't really fight back with it. Uh, it's not how Ingram got past, but I think it just made it easier for him. Mm. Camish is then past Ash Sutton as he's the Ford that's flying in this one. And then Robotton drops behind Rory Butcher as well. Camish then lets, well, gets let past Robotton to start going for the lead. We see some fights in the, the rear of the pack where uh, Cook passes Turkington um, as he's making his recovery. And then we, mm. get, uh, we get the BMWs start scrapping amongst themselves as they've all congregated yeah. together on the same tyre strategy, similar pace. And uh, it all goes to pot for them, really. I think Morgan's I think... at the front, isn't he? The yeah. Queue. Um... It's like, oh, is it Jelly? But it's Morgan, Jelly, then it's Tickerton Hill. Uh, certainly at one point, anyway. And for me, it was, yeah, okay, there's the same tyre strategy and Tim Harvey's rightly having a go. There should be different ones. But I also think Morgan and Jelly move out of the way. Let, because. You've got Napper, who let Camish through twice in this race. And you've got four BMWs tripping over each other. It could have been worse than it was, and it wasn't good. Yeah. 
I, I, mean, I do agree with that point, but at the same time, because they're all on the same tyres, I think that made it harder for the team to say let them through there faster, whereas Kamish was on softer tyres. Yeah, it's a fair um, point. And also, we're always about let them race, and here I am being yeah. hypocrite. But I, I do agree, though. It was... it, I'm saying it because I'd like someone to challenge Napa for the championship at the end mm-hmm. of the year to keep it exciting. And that doesn't help. Ends up that Hill goes for a massive dive on Morgan and his brakes are locked up forever. <laughs> and yeah. he's neither of them make the corner, which I think even Hill runs onto the grass and exit. And it just allows Turkington and Josh Cook to go past both of them. So that was a case where you've as a as a manufacturer you've cost yourself opposition, so Yeah. Which, and it might have been that if they'd have let Turkey turn and Hill through earlier, Cook might not have got got them. Mm-hmm. I suppose you don't know, but well, end up fantastic allowing... drive from Cook anyway. Yeah, he managed to get up to fifth at the end of that, and you look at Jake Hill mm. who was on tenth. So it was a bit of a loss for them. I mean, fifth from the back row of the grid as well. Yeah, it was a hell of a drive. Him and Camish had great recovery drives. Cookson race through was probably the highlight, but. Kamish is chasing down um, Ingram at the front. On the last lap, though, if he had an extra lap that we didn't lose at the start, it would have been real interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's closing in on the last lap, but he clouts the curb on one oh, of the right-handers. Yeah, he yeah, did Nelson. that later on as well. Um, yeah. On the uh, final corner at Murray's. Yeah, he smashes ah. the curbs and so that might prove important because he, he gets second, he's fastest lap, he doesn't manage to catch Ingram. I reckon if he had one more lap, he would have. Um, but he doesn't manage to get up and past him. But his great recovery in this race is spoiled because he gets excluded for a right height, which maybe he was being too aggressive, maybe there was a fault, who knows, but he's yeah. failed the test and he's completely excluded, so all that hard work. Is uh, and he's the lead he had built in championship is completely wiped mm. out. Mm-hmm. You can't have a zero score when Sutton's doing what he's doing. No. So his positive start to the year is now a negative. He's on the back foot. Bit of a shame. We want yeah an inter inter Nissan battle. I think um, Marcus Simmons on Autosport on Mudsport dot com said in the aftermath that the team didn't know how or why it failed the ride height test. So normally, if it's obvious damage, that's your excuse, and you have a go about the rule and how stupid it is. But mm-hmm. I've not heard that. There's definitely a picture where the roller's not going underneath. Well, so it could it could be a ride out error. I don't think it was purely because they, I saw them trying the roller in the middle all the time, and it was wasn't even close to going under. Mm. But it did go under the far right. Well, right, okay. Um, so I always think if it's ride height, it tends to be the whole car is at the same height. If it's too low, too high. Mm. Um, it seems more like damage, but that's just me guessing. Well, it could be like what Colin's insinuating then, clobbering mm. those curbs. We'll never know. No. As usual. That's the sad thing, unfortunately. Yeah. We'll never know. But also in this race, we saw Ann Taylor Smith's uh, defensive driver and come back to haunt him. With, I think it was a class with Pearson, I think it was at the time. Yeah, he met his demise. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't there was really... an overlap there, though. 
Yeah, I couldn't really see who's we didn't have the right angle. No, but it looked like he turned across him to try and cut the inside. Mm-hmm. And then just But apparently that's the guy who's behind fault as we saw in race one. So Ronan Pearson deserves a a button in the backside apparently. You know, yeah, so I'm to Jake Hill. Yeah. There was no penalties dished out pretty much, apart from Kamish's disqualification and Halstead's, Halstead's engine. engine problem. Which is the first time in a long time we've had no mm. sort of don't hit this person penalties. But you've got a very <laughs> good point there, Colin, about the whole uh, overlap scenario uh, with Sutton and Hill on the Donington start line. So, yeah, Pearson, get him in jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll never see you again. So, uh, right, finish us off then, Nick. Oh, yes, Mr. Doble. Managed to get a point out of this race. Uh, due to Kamish's demise, um, he got 15th. Well done. Well done, sir. He was also on the tractor tyre. He was, yes. <laughs> he was. Sorry, tractor. aka the hard tyre for people who can't read our document. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I just needed a way to differentiate it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> yes. So, after all that, Ash Sutton is in the lead of the championship. He's went from a complete disaster in round one, being 30-odd points behind Dan Kamish. He's now um, 38 points ahead of Dan Kamish after the third race meeting of the season. So, yeah, quick wow. turnaround for Ash. That Four Ford, wins in a row. The Ford is mm. incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Ingram is second with Turkington and third. So, we've got a, a, quite a familiar front three in the championship. Jake Kell's on 98 level with Dan Kamish, and then he started to get disconnected from the pack behind already. They're already out. It's yeah. the, only those five drivers can win it. I would agree. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's Butcher and Cook gone. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Even if Josh Cook wins all three, it's Thruxton. Cook's only got 58 points so far. So mm. our, our reservations about the Honda Civic this year are proven to be correct yep. unfortunately I can't see him winning one no. this year uh, at Thruxton I mean I can see him winning a race at some point this year but one out not even pace. a reverse grid possibly but that's more down to luck of the draw so no race one or race two wins mm-hmm. mm. let's see him smash it now the game has moved there. on and well yeah let's hope he does but the game <laughs> has moved on and that car's dated but what other option did he have I don't think there was one um, but you know he's got that nice little line when he needs it. Oh, he can't do that anymore because of track limits, though. Surely. <laughs> yeah, Thruxton will be an interesting mm. one, won't they? Especially in That's that middle point. complex. It depends where they judge it. it depends yep. where they yep. judge it. Right. Depends. So let me just get the corner name. So I just want to flag this ahead of time. We've talked about it for a couple of years now, but Goodwood. You go through Campbell, Cobb, Seagrave, then Noble left, and Goodwood the right. My theory is this. When Josh Cook needs a good lap time, if someone's closing in or it's qualifying, he's two wheels over the inside curb at Goodwood and a uh, bit of the grass. And he's very committed. So is that a judge of fact? are never monitored on the inside of corners. Oh, right. Okay, another hypocrisy. So They, they yes. do when I they Keep do your eyes peeled for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I'm doing the tally, I can't know. Keep your eyes appealed. It's basically a rally-style cut. Hmm. 
I'm, you know what I'm interested about is uh, the chicane at Knock Hill uh, going up the hill. Uh, yes, because... <laughs> oh, yeah. No more not... two wheels in. <laughs> exactly. Well, you normally have a tyre Which is a spectator's where you go. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I got hit with gravel in the Nether regions a few years ago. Well, if uh... you have to take that chicane properly, you have to do it about 10 mile an hour. You have to <laughs> <remember> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, track limits. Well, we'll stop boring people about them now. Yeah. But in the championship, there's only three drivers still without a point. That's Will Powell, Jack Butel, and Jade Edwards, who had a pretty shocking weekend, unfortunately. She didn't even make race three because of car problems. Um, so that was a shame. Tom Ingram managed to get his win, though, despite apparently being ill all weekend. So. Mm-hmm. I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The hypocrisy of that man saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast listeners so, can't see. Yeah, they can't see. So, next up for the touring cars is Thruxton, where Josh Cook normally dominates on the 3rd and 4th of June, so two weeks' time. And next for us is Monaco this weekend, my second least favourite race of the year. So Let's I'm hope excited. Leclerc nabs a pole, then it's going to be interesting. Or if it rains, that's always interesting. Otherwise, yeah, and I don't know if it's just because there was no F1 this weekend, but the driver rumor wheels went into full force the past couple of days. That's exactly ah. the reason why there wasn't a race this weekend. You've <laughs> got to get those clicks. <laughs> exactly. So apparently, um, Lewis Hamilton's going to Ferrari for 30 million a year. Yeah, of course. And Charles Leclerc has apparently started discussions with Mercedes, which happened a few weeks ago. Amazing. I'll I'll believe it when it's uh, yes later in the year because I do think that is our board. What else are we going to write about? I'm yeah. not blaming the journalists, but maybe Liberty Media's sent some leaks and all this stuff. I don't know. Full of conspiracy theories there. That's the only place I can see Hamilton going though is Ferrari because he always alluded yeah. to the fact he would like to drive for them. But take that I, box. I can't see it happening. No, I don't see it. I am myself. Weather forecast for Monaco this weekend. 25 degrees and sunny on Saturday. Ah. And then on Sunday, it's 24 degrees with a 40% chance of showers from basically 1, 2 p.m. onwards. That could hmm. be. So there is a chance so of rain, stays. which I think is during race time. Should be during race time, I think. Hmm. So there is a chance during the actual race. But, you know, the most exciting part of Monaco is Saturday. Uh, and also, if there are any incidents, we won't see them because the Monaco has its own TV directors. No, they don't. Very true. Oh, has it changed? Oh, has it changed? First year ever has changed. F-O-M's, oh, fantastic. FOM's oh, yeah. taken over it. And F1 Twitter went mad because apparently the, the TV direction at Monaco was always the best. And What? And <laughs> I just reminded of seeing one stroll and endless replays. Well, That's the one. Yes. <laughs> I was just about to say, oh, well, that's good, but it's a shame we won't get another Lance Stroll meme. <laughs> exactly. But apparently it's F1 Twitter was raging, which I just think F1 no. Twitter gets angry at well, things existing, essentially. Or is it Elon Musk screwing the algorithm so you only see the angry stuff? I don't know. Probably. More likely. So I've got uh, another old account that I don't use anymore, let's say. And if I open that and log in, 
even though I don't follow him, the first thing I see every time is his tweet. Just shows how skewed it is. Mm. You know how everyone says he's smart? The more I hear from him, the thicker I think he is. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? The more exposed you are to Elon Musk, the more you think, oh, there's a f- what's happening with the facade? Exactly. He is as dense as a door, isn't he? Must be a thing. <laughs> he must be good at maths. He must be good well, at maths. Well, no, like something. PayPal was a thing. PayPal was a thing. But then he just they bought another, a bunch of other people's companies after that. Yeah, they all existed already, didn't they? Most of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, we should definitely move on. Mm. Yeah. But he was at the Miami Grand Prix, wasn't he? Uh, probably. Oh, was he not uh, in uh, with Bezos? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was yes. I think that was it. Anyway, that's enough. Any more for you guys for this one? No, we've ended on Elon Musk. That means it's time to go. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> we must go. Oh, we can't believe it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I'm I'm ending this call now. <laughs> yes. And we'll finish on a bit of praise. Well done to the BTCC social media guys. They managed to get the story of the day highlights up on Monday, which we've been asking for more coverage online mm-hmm. all the way through this season and last season. And the guys are all clearly working hard and they're getting replays up quick, uh, which is always yeah. great. Mm-hmm. The qualifying on YouTube and getting the highlights, even though we think the highlights could be improved, it's good to have it on YouTube within a day. Mm-hmm. Keep it up, keep it up, please. Yeah. So improvements all around. We're all happy, and we'll be back next week with Monaco, which will either be an hour-long episode because there's so much to talk about, or we can probably do it in about five minutes because we're bored. So um, <laughs> who knows what you get next week? But we'll see you then. Bye. See ya.